of football fans and welcome into the ACC Football Academy podcast. We would like to take this time to remind you all that this podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the all-new Google Podcast apps. As always, my name is Chris Burgess and I'm joined by my co-host Rich Moss. And today we're going to be doing our final breakdown of the Atlantic vision of the ACC with our final two teams, Syracuse and Clemson. Ridge, we got a lot to talk about today. Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, these two teams, uh, they definitely have their uh, work cut out for them on their uh, conquest to win the ACC championship this year. Yeah, they do. And uh, we're going to go ahead and kick things off right away with number two in the preseason pulse uh, in the ACC Atlantic, Syracuse. Of course, last year, Syracuse had a really good year, uh, going 10-3 and three overall, 6-2 and two in ACC play, and they still have their head coach, Dino Babers. Uh, yeah, um, like we were saying on other podcasts, um, Syracuse, they're, they're definitely going to be in the mix. Um, you never know what you're, you're really going to get out of Syracuse. Um, but yeah, Dino Babers, he definitely uh, he has that program uh, back to some of his old glory days back when they had like Donovan McNabb in the you know late uh, 90s for sure. Yeah, I mean, ever, uh, since 2016, his overall is 18 and 19 at Syracuse. Obviously, that doesn't look great, but with what he was able to do last season, and um, you know, he, he's you can clearly see that he's turning the program around for sure. Um, Well, I mean, you know, Syracuse has never been a powerhouse, or at least, you know, in football terms. I mean, they definitely have been more of a basketball school, you know, from recent memory, for sure. Um, But uh, speaking of Babers, um, he thinks that the offensive line is going to be pretty key this year. Um, They do have uh, some returning starters on the offensive front. Um, They're definitely going to need them because – they got some monsters in the backfield. Um, they they have a really deep uh, running backfield for sure. They have uh, Mo Neal, uh, I think it's Jervion Howard, and uh, Abdul Adams. Um, they're predicting almost all three of them to have a, a thousand rush season. So I mean that, that's a that's a lot of yards, you know, yeah. in the backfield. Yeah, for sure. And and they're they're. They, of course, lost uh, four-year veteran quarterback Eric Dungey uh, this past or this offseason. He graduated. And now to- uh, Tommy DeVito looks like he might be the starter coming in this year. He does have some playing time. He played against Florida State and I think Notre Dame and maybe one other game last season. So he has some on-the-field experience, and he did pretty well against a couple of those teams. Uh, but he's more of the uh, complete pocket passer type. Whereas, you know, Dungey kind of had that dual threat uh, running ability. Um, So that should be an interesting thing to kind of watch this season, too, is the quarterback play for Syracuse. Well, they also do have uh, Rex Culpepper. He's a backup. He's uh, the son of uh, Bucks legend uh, Brad Culpepper. So it'll be kind of interesting to to see if that turns into a quarterback battle or um, if they kind of already have their – Minds made up on who's the starter going to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting when you look at Syracuse because if you look at their overall record, as we've said, they had a really good season in 2018, going 10 and 3, 6 and 2 in ACC play, of course, losing to Clemson and uh, Notre Dame yeah. and Pittsburgh. 
the the crazy thing is is I think they were a little inconsistent because if you look at their their losses they lo- they lose to Clemson uh, who of course went on to win the national championship 27 to 23 really tight game with them and then they're blown out by Notre Dame uh, I think it was like 35 to three I'm not real sure don't quote me on that and then Pittsburgh they lost to to Pittsburgh so I, I just I don't really understand how they would lose to Pittsburgh as far like after playing such a close game with Clemson. You you know how it is. I mean, it, it varies from from conference to conference, like we've said before. I mean, any given Saturday, I know it's the old cliche, but you can go out there and lose. I mean, if you're if your heart and mind is not into the game and you think you're just gonna, you know, run all over your competition where you're you're just in for a rude awakening. Um right. I think you've seen that last year with Pitt. I mean, Pitt is not a team that needs to be trifled with. If you don't go out there and just execute right out the gate and kind of knock the momentum off of their shoulders, they're going to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. And they're going to give you a dogfight. We've seen that from years past. Yeah, they, they definitely aren't the team you can really let hang around in a, in a game. I mean, I don't even think that's the case even with a team like Louisville. I mean, Louisville might have struggled last year, but I mean, they could have easily upset any team they played if those teams came in and they weren't focused you know, to get the job done. Right. Well, I see here with Syracuse, they've, you know, uh, as far as the offseason goes with receivers, uh, as far as I can see, they've only lost one receiver from last season, which which was uh, Jamal Custis. Um, you know, so they should be pretty deep at receiver. I'm sure they brought some in in the recruiting trail. Um, so the real question mark is, will this offensive line be able to – perform the way it's supposed to and will they give Tommy DeVito who doesn't have that kind of uh, rusher mentality yeah. time to deliver it to the receivers? Well, like I said um, a lot of the offense is going to be uh, predicated on those three, uh, three-headed three monster in the backfield. I mean, if they can right. establish the run game, then you can throw that that uh, play-action pass to the tight end or to, you know, the slot receiver or whoever else, you know. So, I mean, a lot of it's going to be predicated as, is the running backs going to be on the same page with the quarterback and offensive line? That's going to be some some big questions about Syracuse for sure. Because they do have multiple All-Americans, or they're predicted to be All-Americans, you know, by the end right. of the season. So, we'll see if that, that unfolds. Um, also, with their defense, and last year they kind of lived and died by the turnover. I know a lot of pundits are uh, – they're predicting them to have a, a lot of turnovers again this year. I think one person said they might have up to, like, 15 interceptions. So, that might happen. It might not. You never know. But, I mean – I mean, that, that's that's good goals to set, uh, you know. And even if it's if, – even if they don't reach 15 – uh, I think that will push them to get more turnovers just because they want to reach something like that, a high goal like that. Well, it's not really outside the realm. You know, maybe a few years ago that might be, un, you know, not really an easy goal to accomplish. But, you know, with the modern game, with, you know, offenses passing the ball more and more. Right. I don't see how that, you know, wouldn't happen, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's almost turned into – about 80% of college football is almost like the air raid offense. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it definitely... Um, it's definitely it, happened. It's like everyone is... It's, it's like, uh, you know, everyone's Texas Tech back in the day now, so... Well, uh, <laughs> it's... Well, I don't want to get on a tangent about Alabama, but a lot of it, it you know, they kind of seen that 
that was kind of one of their weaknesses, trying to stop a, a you know, a, a fast-paced offense with a running quarterback or whatever else. Right. You couldn't just line up with them man for man and run them off the field. It wasn't going to happen. So, I mean, I'm not saying all these offenses in the country have, you know, set up their teams to beat Alabama, but they've definitely copied some of the teams that have had success, you know, with that realm. I, I yeah, I mean, sure. th- these offenses now are trying, are really making defenses be quick sideline to sideline. Like, you have to be able to have endurance and uh, keep yeah. up with the pace. And not to mention, you know, especially with, like, the new uh, penalties and stuff like that, you know, like helmet to helmet. I mean, they're, they're a lot more than ever. They're catered towards the offense, and now offensive coordinators are going to be a lot more aggressive than they were in years right. past, you know? So that's got a lot to do with it as well. Um, but do you want to kind of dive into some of their uh, games? Yeah, sure. This year? Yeah. Yo, well, they do. They kick the, they, uh, they kick the season off this year on August 31st against Liberty. It's at Liberty, believe it or not. I'm not sure why they would travel to them. But um, Liberty is no team to sleep on. I know they're they're a quote unquote mid major, but um, I want to say it was last year or the year before last they beat a uh, a powerhouse. I can't remember the school for the life of me, but um, Liberty they have a pretty solid program. So I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Syracuse is going to beat Liberty, but that's definitely a game they probably shouldn't sleep on for sure. Right. You definitely don't want to go in that game thinking, okay, we're about to win this seventy to nothing. And like I said, it's kind of with um, North Carolina State syndrome where they're playing East Carolina. I don't know if that's necessarily a game you want to schedule, you know, right out the gate. Because Liberty and East Carolina, they both got a huge chip on their shoulder. And they have the the firepower to... to Right. And I mean, at at the beginning of the season, you're already going into games with questions like, you know, will we be able to execute like we're supposed to? Like, that's the games where you're supposed to get those answers and kind of, kind of... Uh, wrinkle or uh, iron out the wrinkles. So, yeah. And then uh, a few weeks later, on uh, September um, September fourteenth, they have uh, Clemson coming into town. So that's going to be their 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 big test right out the gate. It's a prime time game. Yeah, that's well. not. But it is uh, a lot of time in between <laughs> from the beginning. Oh no, for sure. So I mean, we're talking. What what was I mean? What two weeks or so? Yeah, pretty much. So they're gonna have to have their uh, team firing on all cylinders in a few weeks, or they're gonna get smacked. I think right I think one mouth. thing that kind of leads in their favor is isn't it at the the uh, dome? Yeah, it it is at Syracuse. Okay. Um, so yeah, who knows what's gonna happen in that game? Um, it's kind of too early to kind of tell because we have to kind of see what Clemson's gonna do right out the gate as well. Right. Um. If if you told me to put money on a team, I probably would pick Clemson, but and I would probably stick with that. But I mean, like I said, you never know. But like I said, I'm I'm about ninety percent sure Clemson's going to win that game. But you never know. Like I said, you never know. Yeah, you never know for sure. Um, so what other games are we looking at here for Syracuse? All right. So after Clemson, um, you have uh, another game on uh, October the eighteenth against Pittsburgh. Now it is at home, but like I said. Are they, or is Syracuse going to come in again cocky, or are they going to have a chip on their shoulder knowing that Pittsburgh beat them last year? Right. Um, and then the next week they go to Florida State. Um, I'm sure Florida and, State's going to try to get revenge for that uh, beating that Syracuse gave oh, them. Oh, for sure, year. for sure. Um, they finish the season off pretty easy. Uh, they have 
Boston College at home, then they go to Duke. Then, well, Louisville is another kind of up in the air game. You never know what you're going to get from Louisville. It is especially with the new coaching staff. Yeah, and then they finish the year against Wake Forest. So, I mean, they don't have a gauntlet. They kind of have a front-heavy schedule. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, I guess uh, for me personally, I guess my biggest question. Uh, kind of for Syracuse is was 2018 kind of a year of promise or was it kind of just like I said a flash in the pan for Dino Babers at Syracuse you know because you don't know Uh, I do think he's getting in the right direction getting it going Uh, I mean like like we said before you never know what you're going to get out of them uh, like I said, are they going to have the big head? That, that's a big question mark. Or, or are they going to learn from last year's mistake and then, you know, put it all together this year? Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, you know, make a pretty decent run at an ACC title. And I don't think they have a national championship in their future, at least not this year. But I think they could definitely make it interesting in the Atlantic and the whole conference in general. Right. I agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, I think – they're, uh, I think they have the capability to be a really, a really solid team in the Atlantic this season again. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know if, I don't, I'm not sure if they'll get, I, they may get the 10 wins again. Uh, but I think it may be 10, you know, there, there may be another loss here or there too. So I don't know, you know, they could have eight to 10 wins, I would say, maybe in that ballpark. I, I kind of agree with you as well. I mean, they're, there is potential they could lose more, but just with their schedule, I don't see it happening. Um, like I said, there there are probably about five games that they could potentially lose. Um, but right. outside of that, I don't really see. They'll definitely make a bowl game. There's no question in my mind with that for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. And. Uh, I guess that's a good little place to stop on Syracuse. I feel like, you know, we both have the same idea. I think they, they end somewhere between maybe uh, eight to ten wins uh, again. Uh, just all depends on the quarterback play, the offensive line play, and how those running backs are able to kind of control the clock in the game. Yeah, for sure. And with that, I guess we'll kind of sidestep on into our next – our last uh, team in the Atlantic, number one – Clemson Tigers, of course, the national champions, 15-0 and last season, 8-0 and in ACC play. And, of course, head coach Dabo Sweeney is still there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think Clemson, I don't think they're going to miss too much of a beat right out the, you know, out the gates. Um, they do have some a decent schedule this year. We'll, we'll get into that to a little bit. But, I mean, I think – they're definitely going to be able to score on most teams in the country. So their offense is going to keep them in the game. Right. I say the biggest question mark for me is going to be, is their defense going to be able to stop teams? Cause that's what it's right. going to come down. For I them. mean, that's, that's kind of what I have written here in my notes. I, uh, as far as my opinion, I think Clemson will have to rely heavily or a lot more heavily on the offense in the 2019 college football season. You know, as uh, the last couple of years, they've kind of had the more balanced approach where they had a really good defense and a really good offense. Yeah. Whereas this season, I feel like the, the offense is going to be much better than their defense. Uh, because, I mean, let's face it, they lost over seven starters on their defense. Uh, really big names like 
Defensive tackle, Dexter Lawrence. Cornerback, Trayvon Mullen. Linebacker, Trey Lamar. Defensive end, Clayton Farrell. Defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins. Defensive end, Austin Bryant. And linebacker, Kendall Joseph, just to name those guys. And that defensive line, man, that that position, to me, it's underrated to a certain degree, but it is so crucial because if you do not get that pressure, I don't care if you have Deion Sanders in your secondary you're, you're only going to be able to hold them for so long, you know. You know, so I mean, right. I mean, that, if you you know, if you give the quarterback time to process what your defense is doing in the secondary, secondaries always have a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the that's the beauty of college football or football in general. It's a chess match. So I mean, you know, if if the defense calls a great play, but you know that defense is only going to hold for short routes, medium mm-hmm. routes, maybe leave the long ball open. Uh, you know, if you don't have a defensive line to get the quarterback in time, uh, yeah. you got a problem. Well, you got to think. I mean, the receivers, they know where they're going. The defensive backs, they have no idea where that receiver is going to go. They might run a streak. They might run a post. They might run a slant. So, I mean, like we said before, communication is definitely going to have to be key. Um, and like I said, I, I just don't – I don't know. They might be able to string it together. Um, maybe there's somebody on their um, – you know, on their second string from last year that's going to step up and fill that role. But it's going to be hard to fill the shoes of Dexter Lawrence. I mean, he's a first-round draft pick. Or Christian Wilkins. Like, yeah. I mean, that's some big names. Cleveland Farrell. Uh, you know, basically all the big-name guys from their defensive line are gone. Uh, you know, in my opinion, Brent Venables, uh, as, great of a, as great of a defensive coordinator as he is, he has quite the task and and kind of uh, if he's trying to completely replace that defense this season, I yeah. just don't see it happening. Well, yeah. I, I think at he least is, not right out of the gate. I think he is a solid um, defensive coordinator, but to a certain extent, I think he he can be highly overrated at times. I mean, he used to be um, Oklahoma's defensive coordinator. Well, you know, Oklahoma had some great talent coming out of there from like Gerald McCoy and you know so mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and he never could stop some teams out there now here of late he's had some success now granted he has been able to establish that defense for what has he been their coordinator like the last six years or something or going on six years whatever it is Mm -hmm. so the system's definitely implemented into place um but it's hard to you know just keep that momentum going when you lose talent year in and year out you know right i mean you know, he may have to try some different schemes, different things to kind of make up for maybe the line not being quite as strong as it was. Yeah. And, I mean, also, like I said, their offense is going to be solid. Um, we will see what Trevor Lawrence does have in the tank or left in the tank with Clemson. Um, like I said, a lot of pundit, they've already crowned him as the number one overall draft pick. and. Like I've said in the past, let's just pump our brakes a little bit and let's just let's see what's going to happen because you never know. I mean, like we said before, once these teams get film on you, they're going to force you to do something that you do not feel comfortable in doing. Right. They're going to, I mean, they are. And let's now, not forget that he does have uh, quite the plethora of receivers to throw it to. I mean, just to name a couple, we got Justin Ross, T. Higgins. Both of those guys are absolute animals on the football field. So he has those guys to help him out, uh, you know. So we'll, you like you said, we'll kind of see really what Trevor Lawrence is made of this season. Uh, you know, last season it was kind of he hit people 
with basically a surprise left hook because, you know, he comes in, you think, oh, this guy's a true freshman. He's going to come in and he'll make mistakes, and then he doesn't. But, you know, like you said, you don't have the film on him until now. So yeah. we'll really see what he's made of this season. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, they didn't they didn't have the film on him last year. It was kind of a surprise. I mean, we knew how good he was going to be um, out of high school. But, you know, like I said, when, when teams aren't prepared for you, I mean, it pretty much it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I mean – they, a lot of players, they are not players, but a lot of coaches and players, for I guess, for disagree. They were uh, they were game planted against Kelly Bryant, you know. And yeah. They wasn't really thinking it was going to deviate from that point. Now, I guess Dabo kind of seen the writing on the wall, and he seen he could win with Kelly Bryant, and he was like, "Well, let's just go with Trevor Lawrence." Now it did pay off for him. I mean, that's a heck of a gamble to do for your season, you know, yeah. throwing a, a true freshman in there. But, I mean, he definitely got the job done. Um, I, I just kind of want to touch on the uh, on the uh, national championship victory. Of course, uh, Clemson dismantled Alabama 44-16, to uh, which is really unheard of in the Nick Saban kind of era once he got it going. Uh, you don't really see Alabama get blown out like that. And, uh, you know, a lot of it has to kind of do with – you know, was it Clemson that really did that, or was it more, you know, Alabama kind of <laughs> throwing? Well, some, I know there was a lot of, of turnovers in the game for yeah. Tua. I, and, I, th- I think more than anything, it was a little bit of both. Um, I think Clemson was hungrier, you could tell. Yeah, um, They definitely, definitely had a chip on their shoulder. And that offense, like I've said in the past, has always given – you know, Alabama fits. Look at Johnny Manziel. I mean, he put up like 400 yards on him. So did uh, Chad Kelly from Old Miss. So right. that offense is definitely Alabama's kryptonite. And I will but say it, this. As far as Clemson goes in the national championship game, you cannot give a team that is that hungry that much momentum at the beginning of the game. If I'm not mistaken, I think one of Alabama's first plays was a pick six. Yeah, uh, and that right there, you know that, that giving them like, that kind of yeah. momentum is that just, just gives them hope that they have a chance to win the game. Yeah, I mean they instantly went from you know will we win this game to we're going to win this game in their heads. All those defensive backs got fired up, and uh, you know it was I don't, Alabama just was never able to get the momentum back in the football game. Well, I, I think like I've said in the past, I think. I think Bama is on the tail end of their dynasty. Um, I think Saban's probably got about five more years left in the tank, and then he'll probably, you know, ride away in the sunset. But And he might get a few, maybe one or two national titles, maybe. I mean, you never know. But, I mean, I just I think he's starting to lose control over it. I just don't know if they believe in him as they once did in the past, you know? Right. You know, we'll, we'll definitely see this season because they're gonna have to they're gonna have to really come out and prove that they are the same Alabama team that people you know uh, kind of saw dominating. Um, but you know, I, I totally agree with you. I, I I don't see, and I think Nick Saban even spoke on this that he kind of felt like they just got too arrogant, too cocky, too used to winning championships. It happens to the best. I mean. How do you sustain winning for long periods of time and not get complacent? Now every right. season 
you come in and you think, oh, well, I'm just going to win a national title. I, just, I got this jersey. I got this Alabama jersey on, and I'm just going to win a national title. Right. And, and I think I think Clemson kind of woke them up <laughs> with that win last season because, you know, 44 to 16 is not really a close game. It doesn't look good. Uh, it's well, really a bad look for your players. There's only going to be two outcomes for Alabama going forward post-Clemson game. Either A, they're going to come back with a vengeance unlike we've ever seen before, or they're just going to crumble. Yep. I mean, that's just that, that's the only two options I see happening. Um, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Saban wins one or two more national titles. But somewhere down the line, I think his dynasty is going to run out. I mean, it just happens. You can't sustain it forever. You just can't. I mean, even Bill Belichick and Tom Brady can't win a Super Bowl every year. There's going to be lulls where you just, you know, not have a great season. Right. And I I just think, honestly, you know, uh, I I really just think right now, or at least last season was definitely Clemson's season, uh, just all the way through. I mean, that – they well, just had several wins that that were just kind of eye-opening for me. Well, yes and no, but I mean, let's be honest. Their schedule was not that hard last year to a certain degree. I mean, nobody thought Texas A&M was going to be a world beater anyway. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some solid teams in ACC, but you could see head and shoulders Clemson's, Clemson were better than most teams they played. I mean, even with us, Florida State – I mean, like I said, a typical nationally ranked Florida State team is not going to let Clemson put 50 points on them. I can promise you that. No. Um, no. It, and it, it was definitely an embarrassing loss to them. I, I mean, mean if, you, if you look at the ACC right now, things are it, – it's just crazy because it just seems like almost everything is almost upside down right now. I mean, you got – Florida State pretty much at the bottom. You got, you know, everything's upside down. Syracuse and Clemson are winning, are, you know, top in the Atlantic. You got Miami and, uh, or, uh, excuse me, um, Virginia and who else was it? I can't even remember for the life of me. There's somebody else on the coastal. I mean, it, everything's upside down from what we're used to seeing, at least us in our lifetimes. Yeah. So it's something new. Um, and uh, like we've talked about in the past podcasts, uh, you know, I think me and you both agree that we want to see some of these other teams like Florida State, definitely Florida State, and we want to see other teams kind of get back on the on the winning path so we can kind of see more competition in the ACC. Because right now, I, I mean, it's all Clemson. Yeah, um, and I think it will. Um, who knows? Like I said, I, I, I see at least a two- to three-year window. Um, before, like, Florida State and Miami kind of climbs back out of the ashes. Right. Because, I mean, but, it, like you said, though, you never know with college football because you you look at Florida State just, what, uh, five, six years ago, they were national champions. Uh, yeah. then, you know, they had the, the long, unbeaten streak. And, I mean, now Clemson's doing it. So, you just never know. And now look at Florida State. You know, last year having the losing season for the first time in, like, 41 years. I mean, it's just uh, – it's crazy how fast things can really change in college football. Well, the recruiting trail is just – it's so crucial. It, it really is. I mean, it, it's definitely – there's not an epitome, epitome more than Clemson. I mean, they've had Deshaun Watson. Now they have Trevor Lawrence, you know, at the helm. I mean – 
positions like that, or even players like that, they don't come along that often. Those are no. somewhat generational players, you know. No, so, I mean, if, if Clemson doesn't win the national championship a couple of years ago, you know, does does Trevor Lawrence come to Clemson? Well, you know, he was um, recruited from Florida State too, um, or by Florida State, I should say. So he he did it did come down between I want to say Florida State, Clemson. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was George or somebody else, but we were we're in his top three, so we could have easily have gotten Trevor Lawrence. Right. God, God only knows what our offense would look like right now, but I mean, it didn't happen. Clemson got him, you know, and they got a national championship out of it. Right. And I mean, that's kind of the the crazy thing to me about recruiting is one player, one player can really make a difference. If you look back at 2013 Florida State. Like getting Jameis Winston, you know, then they go win a national championship. You have to, like, these coaches really have to see kind of what those players can actually do. They yeah. really have to see it from before it even happens. Well, not only that, but even even if you don't get a Jameis Winston, because you just don't, they don't fall out of the tree, but like I said, every so often, mm-hmm. you have to develop the talent. And that's, that's on the, right. the head coach for sure. Because a lot of the times... Um, these recruits, you know, the ESPN top 100, a lot of them, to a certain degree, some of them are overrated. And that's kind of part of the problem, too, because a lot of them get exposures from, like, Under Armour camps or Nike camps. So they slap, like, a five-star rating on the player, knowing good well they're probably a three-and-a-half at best. So, you know, a lot of times they don't they don't work out with these programs, too. Or you don't know what the kid's going to do once he gets on campus because he's home or he's away from home. You know, he doesn't have a, a parental person in his life, you know, maybe beside his head coach, you know, telling him, you know, what to do. So, you know, he's for the first time in his life, he's going to have to make decisions. Well, maybe he shouldn't take, you know, money under the table or whatever else, you know, because you never know. I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into recruiting, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, as far as Clemson goes this season, you know, I personally, I, I know they, I know for sure offensively, they definitely have the talent to win another national championship. I mean, if anything, their offense may even be better than last season. Uh, yeah. But defensively, that's the big question mark for the Tigers. Obviously, with all those uh, you know, veteran defensive players that have dominated a lot of teams now departing. You know, that's obviously going to be the question mark. I'm going to say I don't think at this point Clemson's going to repeat as national champions. I think offensively they could, uh, but with the rebuild of the defense having to occur, I just I don't yeah. see it. I think they'll stumble somewhere along the way. Would you like to kind of dive into their schedule this year? Yeah, yeah let's right, dive well, into it. They, uh, they start the, the season off on August 29th against uh, home against Georgia Tech, which we know that that's not going to be an easy out at all. Um, Georgia Tech has that that triple option attack. They've mastered it for the past decade now. So Yeah, I mean, but to play in defense against that would be a real nightmare. I mean, with the way those yeah. offensive linemen block. And like I said, that's going to kind of come back to their defense because, like I said, they haven't played together yet. Is that really the game you want to start your season with, knowing they don't have that bond as players? Probably not. And then the following week, they go um, – I'm sorry, they come to them, but they have Texas A&M at home. Now we'll see what Jimbo Fisher has up his sleeve. Historically, 
he definitely has a blueprint on how to beat Clemson. Um, now, whether he executes or not is totally, you know, up in the air. And then on September the 14th, then they go to Syracuse. So right out the gate is going to be a three-game gauntlet. Um, now, are they going to survive that or not? Who knows? I could see them maybe winning two games and losing one out of them. I don't know if they're going to go undefeated in that stretch. Right. I mean, the, the Texas A&M game is definitely an interesting one uh, with Jimbo's, I guess you could say, record or whatever against Dabo. You know, he knows he knows what Dabo's going to do. And I, I think that should be a, a real interesting game to watch on the schedule. Yeah. Um, and, and he knows how to win at Death Valley because he's done it before in the past. So it would right. be shocking if he does go in and beat Clemson. I don't think, <coughs> excuse me, if they do lose to, to Texas A&M, it's going to cost them a playoff berth by any stretch of the imagination. But you never know how those players are going to react once they do lose a game, for sure. Right. I mean, that, that's kind of my thing. You, you just don't know. You don't, especially the if they're bringing in kind of, uh, you know, the newer talent on the defense, you don't know if those guys are going to have, because obviously those defensive players that Clemson lost had a lot of heart. They had a lot of mm-hmm. determination. And, uh, you know, that's just not something you can teach. You know, that's something that you kind of have inside of you. So those were all special players. And I don't I'm just not I'm just not sure that Clemson can replace that kind of heart and just uh, determination and and willingness to win in this season. And then they go to um, UNC on September 28th, which I don't think that's going to be an easy out as well. Um, no. Mac Brown, we're going to see what he's kind of got up his sleeve as well. We'll, we'll. we'll get into him when we get to the coastal side, but um, that's going to be an interesting matchup. And then the following week, they go, um, or I'm sorry, they have Florida State at home on uh, October 12th. And I think, you know, we're definitely going to be uh, looking for blood after the uh, embarrassing loss from last year. Yeah, I, I think that game will be a. A lot closer than last season's game, and, and that's just—it could—I could be completely wrong, but I just think those guys—they're going to come. I think Florida State's going to come into that game with a, definitely a chip on the shoulder, mm-hmm. and uh, try to kind of avenge what happened last season. After uh, Florida State, they do go to Louisville, like we said once before. This, Louisville's kind of up in the air at this point, <clears throat> and then a few weeks later, they go to North Carolina State. Um, like we said before, North Carolina State does have a pretty mid-season gauntlet. Um, it is going to be hard for them to survive. So who 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 knows what's going to be left of North Carolina State by the time they get to Clemson? Um, and then, of course, they finish the year off on uh, November 30th at uh, williams Bryce against South Carolina. And I don't going to be a pushover this year either you know, I think no that's champ. that's definitely not an easy venue to win at so i mean that's what is that one two three it's five games that they could potentially lose um so it, it, it's gonna be hard like i said they're the top dog now everybody's gonna be gunning for them 
Right. Um, and I mean, you're going to get the best shot from everybody. And I mean, Ridge, you know how, how hard it is to go undefeated in college football. You know, that's not something that happens every single year. Like I said, I, I'm not saying they won't win a national championship this year. I don't think they'll go undefeated this year. I think they'll stumble somewhere along the way. And like you said, that doesn't necessarily mean they won't get in the playoff picture. But I, I do think mm-hmm. they will stumble somewhere along the way this year. Well, I mean, and that's not even mentioning whoever they play if they do get to, you know, or I don't know, is it in Charlotte this year, the ACC championship game? I think it is, but who's to say they're even going to beat that team? So once they go through those five games, now they got another one under the belt, you know, and then even if they do make the, the college football playoffs, God only knows who they're going to play in the first round too. So the cards are definitely stacked against them this year. Um, like I said, we'll see what Dabo has up his sleeve. Um, but I, I don't know. I just – I don't see them repeating. It just doesn't happen that often. It, it It's just – the odds are just stacked against you so bad. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, you know. But obviously, you know, Clemson is going to be a, a team to watch for sure. They're definitely going to be on top of the, on top of the uh, leaderboard for, you know, at least till the season starts. So – Yeah. They, they have, like you said, they have everyone's targeted them. They're going to get everyone's best shot. Um, everybody wants to knock off the number one team. I don't care who you are. I mean. Yeah. That's... And a lot of it on winning a national title is just right place, right time. So, you know, a lot right. of it is luck just to get to the game. Um, you're, you're one or two injuries away from it all just crumbling before your very eyes. I mean. Right. It's so much pressure. So much pressure to be the number one team. And, you know, will they be able to sustain it? I mean, that's just something we're going to have to watch here in 2019. Well, I think if you look from the, you know, besides Alabama, they've done it a few times. But outside of Alabama, if you look at preseason number one teams coming into that regular season, a lot of times they don't win the national title. They just don't. I don't know for whatever reason, but it just doesn't happen. I think it kind of goes back to that, you know, you get everybody's best shot because people, like, it doesn't matter what team it is. Like, you, you could take you could take any team and put them up against the number one team in the country and they're going to try their hardest because everyone, like yeah. I said, everybody wants to beat you. Every, everyone mm-hmm. wants to be that team that beats the number one team and knocks them out. Yeah. So Man, I agree totally. I think that's going to, I personally think that's going to play a lot into this season, like I said. And I think you agree, Ridge, that you think they're going to stumble the season. I really do. Uh, obviously, offensively, they're going to be uh, really hard to stop. But I I think they're going to give up more points this season. So the games are going to be tighter. And I I think everyone is going to be coming as hard as they possibly can for Clemson. And that that defense is important because, like they said, defense does win championships. But like I said, it does keep keep the offense from having to score 50 points to win a game because that is a lot of pressure, especially on a young kid like Trevor Lawrence, to have to go out and do game in and game out, you know, just to win a game. I mean – it just eventually the levee is going to break and the floodwaters are just going to come right. And they're already talking point. about how he he's the runaway Heisman and like I mean they're just adding pressure to this guy and uh, it, you know that's very that's really not what you want as a coach. No. As your quarterback already been called the Heisman before the season starts. You're already number one in the country. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of pressure. That So, therefore, I have to say, I think the Clemson Tigers will stumble. And, um, you know, I don't know where, and I don't know, you know, what team it will be. But maybe even multiple teams. But I don't, like I said, I don't see them repeating as champions. Like you said, it's way too hard to do. And, uh, I mean, that that's, you know, unless you have anything else to add, Ridge, I mean, no, no. I like I said, it's definitely a good point in the show. But um, yeah, they they definitely have a, a, a uphill battle ahead of them. Um, we'll see how it turns out for them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did win ten games again this year. They have the talent too, but I don't really see much beyond that. Could be surprised, but I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. You know, it could be a lot of high scoring games in Clemson this year. You know, and I don't know. They could totally surprise us both. Who knows what Brent Venables has kind of planned. But that's just something we'll have to see. And that's the beauty of what we're doing here is kind of making these predictions and talking here on the podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll see if it kind of comes into fruition or or if we get surprised. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening to our breakdown. That is our final breakdown of the Atlantic side of the ACC. If you haven't listened to the other podcasts, you can check them out on our Facebook page or here on Anchor or, like I said, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. And, guys, uh, next week we'll be breaking down the – we'll start our breakdown of the coastal division of the ACC, starting from bottom to top, just like we did the Atlantic. And we hope you guys enjoyed listening, and we hope you continue to listen. And I'm Chris Burgess. I'm Ridge Moss. And we'll catch you next time on the ACC Football Academy.